Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and I'm very excited to welcome you to show number 58. I have a brilliant guest for us today from my home country. I was born in London in England, for those of you who don't know, and uh, it's lovely to chat today to Sebastian Pohl, one of the co-founders, along with uh, Tim Westwell, the other one, of Puckatees. And they founded this company in 2001 and it is possibly my favourite tea of all time. It just hits the mark on exactly what I need for certain things and I have always been, ever since discovering it obviously, not always since birth, but ever since I discovered the three fennel tea, Uh, I mean, it is just a godsend for people who need a bit of a digestion boost. Uh, That's a great, great one. Womankind, which is a beautiful, gentle blend. Three Tulsi is brilliant if you're quite reactive as a person around food. So histamine reactions, hives, fast heartbeat after meals, that kind of um, a set of symptoms. Three Tulsi is a brilliant little anti-inflammatory, so powerful and yet so gentle um, on the body at the same time. And three mint, tastes mintier than any mint tea I've ever had in my life. Uh, My husband's favourites, three cinnamon, um, echinacea elderberry and uh, my son's favourite, which is the mint refresh, which after we actually did the recording and we stopped, he poked his head around the the door and and I was still chatting to Sebastian after stopping the recording and my Sebastian walks in and we talk about how they've got the same name and very, very cute and and big Sebastian asks little Sebastian, so what's your favourite tea then, mate? And uh, and Seb said, I like the mint refresh. (laughs) He was very impressed that not only was his favourite tea so articulated but it was one of his blends um, and one of the earlier blends of Pucker, which uh, is um, lovely to, to know. So I, I'm very excited that Sebastian's joining me and we have a fabulous offer for everybody, actually for the whole of today and this week, but not only that, the whole of November as well. And extra excited that I have an offer for our UK listeners and our US listeners. So this is our first like big international kind of a podcast partner, if you like, and I always feel bad that we don't have any, but it, you know, it's up to us all to grow this community so we can have sponsors and partners who want to offer us things for all around the world. And it's amazing that our show, our little old show, is starting to grow big enough for beautiful people like um, Pucker to support us and uh, support various listeners around the world in making it a little easier on the wallet to to stock up and get a few things. So your Pucker Tea offer is actually 20% off, uh, a 20% discount. Yes, that's true. Uh, Lowtox20 is your code. And of course, you have all of this in the show notes. And that's for Australia and UK. And for the US listeners out there, if you fancy yourself a free box of Pucker Tea, all you have to do, and this is for the US listeners only, is pop in the comments what your favourite Pucker Tea is. And if you haven't tried their teas yet, of course that's fine. You're just about to, hopefully. Um, pop on the website and just see which one inspires you. And again, that link is in the show notes. And you'll be sent a free box. So how cool is that? The Australia, UK and US looked after. So uh, I'm very excited about that. 
Um, before I launch into the show, I just wanted to share with you another super generous um, offer that we have from Walida um, today and through to the rest of November. So this is a great time where we're starting to think about our Christmas shopping and and maybe, you know, we all obviously want to buy less and buy better and buy quality things for our family. And from the beautiful people at Walida, we have 15% off and free shipping for our Australian listeners from $29.95 or more. So if you're doing an order of over $30, you get free shipping and you get 15% off your order, which is just so awesome. And I love Walida. You guys know I love Walida. Um, They've sponsored the show before. We've uh, had an extensive and beautiful relationship um, with them supporting the work we do and vice versa. Um, With their magnificent products, it was probably – it was the first low-tox product I tried, the Arnica massage oil. And they always send me one for my birthday or Christmas, which is just so lovely. I still love that oil. I always take it if I go for a massage, which I should do more often in saying that, and so should you. But uh, it was – and I didn't even realise what was low-tox and what wasn't back then, but I just knew I loved the smell. It was – it was so real to me and it was a very attractive smell to me uh, always from my mid-twenties when I was first given it by my auntie. And so then um, obviously once I learned what low-tox products were and how to remove nasties from my life and all those sorts of things, it obviously became one of my key go-to brands, not only because of the quality but also because of the um, the fact that it's totally within everybody's budget and including mine when I first went low-tox and I was a mega penny pincher at the time, we were very, very tight on cash. So... You know, I I just love that it it can be an entry point for anyone to make a start um, and move away from toxic stuff. And I love the foundation. You know, I am an absolute sucker for a great foundation story. And they've been making their mother, baby, body, oral, men's um, and medicinal products since 1921. And if you didn't know this, you'll be very excited to know, it all started with Dr. Rudolf Steiner, the philosopher and the scientist that a lot of people out there will recognise instantly that name, um, when he realised as a doctor that we were a little bit wayward back in 1921, he realised this, and that the body was nature and that reconnecting with the natural world helps helps bring us back to balance. And, I mean, I couldn't just – I couldn't think of a truer sentence than that uh, ever. You know, we are so disconnected often, you know, in high-rise towers working or, you know, never making it to the beach or the park or the forest. And just think about how it feels to move into nature, to to be looking at the waves – you know, crashing and then moving back and then crashing and then moving back or to to be in a forest and hear those birds crystal clear or see the skies when you're in the middle of the country and all those stars that you wouldn't possibly be able to see in the city. It's just, it just brings all kinds of feelings of beautiful to us and and I think, you know, maybe make today your little wake-up call to get out into nature this afternoon or this evening or whenever you're listening to this podcast if you're not already out there um, today we haven't been out there because um, it can just bring us so much balance and we forget you know it's kind of like you know that having a bath makes you feel good but you just forget to do it so Steiner had this revelation and of course then founded this beautiful brand all around that philosophy I, I encourage you to get out 
uh, onto their website, into nature, do both, and uh, make the most of the offer that we have with Walida for the next five weeks. Very generous 15% off with free shipping for $29.95 orders or more um, in for our Australian customers only. So um, that's my little pre-show spiel and I think we should just get straight into this awesome chat that I've had with Sebastian. Enjoy. Hello, Sebastian. How are you? Hi, Alex. I'm very well, thank you. I am so excited to have you here today because we're not obviously only going to be talking about the amazing tea brand that you've built, but also your personal journey in all things holistic health, uh, because I think there's so much you can share with us. So that said, let's start, my first question that is, by asking you how you became a herbsmith. I love this name. I think that's a beautiful way to say herbalist. And and what that journey was for you as as you grew up and, and how it sort of found you, I guess, as a metier. Well, I suppose I was lucky enough to you know, reignite that childhood passion we have for nature when I was a, you know, when I was a teen. And I, yeah, just fell in love with nature and recognised the the power within plants, really, and the potential for how they could help people. And I realised that I could, yeah, became after studying nature and how her wisdom and intelligence can improve people's lives, really. Mm. And... And that came out because my mother is a silversmith and a jeweller and my mother is a blacksmith. And in the UK, believe it or not, when you, you know, because I uh, uh, had my name on the back of the box of, of Pucker's teas <laughs> and supplements, in a commercial operation, I wasn't allowed to call myself a herbalist legally. Oh, right. So the, the word herbsmith came around as a, as a way to communicate that Pucker is you know, we are we are experts in the knowledge of herbalism and the tradition of herbalism. And in fact, 20% of the people that work at Pucker are herbalists or plant scientists or, or specialists in organic agriculture. So it was just a word to represent our intention, really, regarding the craft and art science of herbalism. Beautiful. And it, it just makes so much sense. And it's it's kind of cuter. So no, I think you should keep it. Something that I'm interested in asking you a little bit more about, though, was when you started to practice as a holistic therapist over in the UK, you sort of made, it seems that you made a marriage of um, three disciplines, Ayurvedic, Chinese and Western herbal medicine. And I'd love to know how you felt that it wasn't right to perhaps choose one for you and how you felt they all sort of came together as disciplines to help your clients and patients? Yes. I mean, I can understand it seems broad studying three different traditions. And it really came out of a fascination with the energetic principle of plants Mm -hmm. in the sense that they have got a quality. And I I learned this early on from traveling in India and getting inspired by Ayurveda that, you know, Ayurveda means the knowledge of life, really, the, you know, the art of living wisely. And because Ayurveda really teaches us to observe and meditate on nature, I, I got fascinated in the qualities of plants and how something obvious like ginger, for example, that's hot and spicy, would remove coldness and dampness and um, sluggishness, toxins in the world, if you like. 
and it just seemed very intuitive to me. And so having studied a bit of Ayurveda, when I moved back to the UK, the, the best course I could find looking at the energetics of plants was in Chinese medicine. And of course, China's got an incredible tradition of medicine mm. and knowledge of how to combine plants. And so I, I studied that as well. But because I live in the UK and, you know, I'm familiar with the European uh, plants we have, I wanted to use the plants that grow around us. Uh, but we've lost that tradition in, in Europe uh, and our sort of Western culture regarding how to de decide when to use a plant. You know, it's, it's very much the languages you use digestive for digestion. Digestive problems are, are diverse and they can be hot or cold or damp or dry, for example. And so they, each tradition's got beautiful qualities, I think. And I feel very privileged to have walked, you know, and be walking within, within each of them. And so what we've done at Pucker, in a way, is try to combine, combine that ancient wisdom of our ancestors and, and put it together to serve people. Mm. And, and how was Pucker born? Wow. Pucker was born. Because, uh, you know, starting a business, it's like, it's like giving birth to a baby. It's, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, and I'm curious to know. Well, Pucker really called, called Tim and I, really. Oh, you know, wow. It was, okay. It's always felt we'd be creating something in service of the world. And, I mean, it really came out of a desire to serve people and wanting to share really good quality plants to help support the planet and make sure that they were grown organically and it promoted biodiversity and and that it gave really positive experience to people about the benefits of plants. And, you know, when I was growing up in the 80s, you know, there was lots of, well, not lots, there was, you know, a fair bit of herb tea around, but it just didn't taste like how I grew herbs in my garden or what I knew you could you could experience if they were really good quality herbs. The, the, the industry as such was just buying cheap herbs and putting them in a packet and saying it's peppermint or chamomile. Yeah. Where <laughs> what we wanted to do, we wanted to use, you know, it's called a pharmacopoeal grade of herb. It's mm -hmm. a, a pharmacopoeia is where governments put standards for drugs and medicines. And pucker early on in our, in our evolution, we set a standard to only use plants that would be of a therapeutic grade. And so maybe, you know, that, that, that came along in time. But our, our purpose was to always connect people with power of plants. And Pucker was literally born through a, a random collection of things where I've been living on a herb farm, uh, living in a caravan for about three years. And I was practicing as a herbalist and a yoga teacher. And I'd made a few teas already. I'd made our love tea and our relax and our refresh and revitalize. But I, I uh, hadn't uh, packaged them up per se. And I, I saw this advert in a local Bristol magazine that tells you about what's on in restaurants and theatre. And I wanted to go to a, a music concert. I saw this advert saying, uh, you know, business organics, I can, I can help you with business planning and strategy. And it was from Tim and it would run for a couple of weeks. And I was the only person to respond. <laughs> and Tim and I met up. And he came round to my my uh, small cottage, and we had a cup of tea, and we got on and liked each other and trusted each other. 
And so we decided to set a business up and we went and we got out, you know, a couple of thousand pounds out of the local, uh, my cash point machine or my credit card. Yeah. So I didn't have any money. And we just went for it, really. You know, we got some favors from people. I'd been working, I'd, you know, I was already a qualified herbalist and I'd been working growing organic herbs for about five years or so. So I knew quite a lot about the, the herbal world around. And we blended out some teas, found someone that could pack them, found someone that could design a box. You know, we had our core values and, and we went from it for it from there. And what did you set your core values at? And what were they? And, and have they ever changed? I don't think they've ever changed. They might have changed in their articulation. You know, our, our, we've got these four values we live by uh, as a reminder of how to live, that we call the four wisdom seeds, which really grew out of Indian yogic wisdom traditions for that are called truth, respect, uh, purity, and effort. And they're really to do with following your dharma, your life purpose, and, and fulfilling that in a respectful, non-violent way that is leading to greater sort of purity in, in the world, in a way, greater authenticity and to apply that effort in a purposeful and inspiring way so obviously we trip up all the time <laughs> and, well personally i do anyway well, I, do think everyone, to the, I, I think everyone does i think we would be we anyone would be lying if they said that they could be a hundred percent on point all the time it's it's not actually possible i think one of the things that i love about the work we do at low tox life is to not to give people a pass out for stuffing up, but more to to acknowledge that there is no black and white, you know, and and to just do the best we can with where we're at and what we have, and 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 go along positively, and and feeling light about things and and celebrating our wins instead of being down on ourselves for that one hot chip we ate at the pub rather than going, oh, my gosh, look at all this amazing green veg I ate today, you know, focus on the hot chip. There's no point. So, no, I, I get it. And it's nice to know you're human too, Sebastian. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there, 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 is, there, there is reminders for us. Yeah, that's And there's right. something to aspire after. And so, we've, you know, we weave those into how we live as a community together here as we grow, how do we – how do we keep communicating who we are? Mm. Um, uh, but, the, you know, you know the, we started off with this idea of setting up a business where we could drive, you know, a profit with a purpose and conservation through commerce. And the, the idea being that we would create benefit to everyone we come into contact with. So Pucker would solely be a force for good in the world. It would, you know, grow, you know, would grow millions of plants and trees. And that would give life to billions of animals and insects. And that would support the livelihood of, you know, tens of thousands of farmers. And we would serve millions of people with, with high quality herbal excellence. Uh, and so that, those, those were our, that was our core roots and that we, we keep nurturing and feeding those all the time. I love it. And, you know, a lot of people talk about uh, having to be a martyr when it comes to conservation and 
and um, organics and, you know, holier than thou and yet um, not prospering themselves in a way that they have options in life and and almost sort of um, becoming bitter about people who do prosper because surely they can't be doing it right. And I think this is something we all need to get a grip on and realise that if we can create amazing businesses that are sustainable, that grow well, that are successful, it just means we can do more good in the world. So it's actually smart to conserve through commerce. I think it's it's almost essential. It's going to be the best way that we can create a new market, right? It is. I couldn't agree with you more, Alex. I, I feel strongly that we are all responsible for the condition of our life and our family, our society, our world. Uh, whether or not we're directly involved in any of the activities, we are, we're all responsible. And that, you know, we're very powerful as individuals and uh, as consumers, you know, our, our dollar is, is potent, basically, and we can choose where we put it, and that has influence. And we, we can create change, engagement on a community level and through our actions, basically. And, you know, I've been very privileged to get in contact with a lot of Indian values in a way, should I say, or, or you know, they're, they're sort of worldly values around compassion and my, my yoga practice, my spiritual practice. And for me, it's not about judging what everyone else is doing. It's about being clear with what one's personal purpose is. And I, I think there are many ways for the world to change and we can be supported in that process. Absolutely. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, what can I do? It's like, well, we can literally shape the world from our shopping baskets. That's what we can do. And, you know, there's nothing better than the gift of giving someone that foresight, that insight rather, into their own personal influence. It's a joy to watch every single time I see a little light go on and you're like, yes, you've got it. It You know, it's relevant to mention, isn't it, that, you know, recently Pucker joined with Unilever, basically, Mm. which could be seen as a a highly controversial situation from (laughs) certain people's point of view. But in terms of creating positive impact in the world, if that means helping improve people's lives, you know, as as Pucker basically just does good through being organic and all all of our teas being fair trade certified with life and... We also get 1% of our turnover, 1% of our sales away every year to environmental causes. Mm. We, we, we want to grow. We want a lot bigger. That we see that as doing a lot more good and a lot more of the earth's surface is covered in organic herbs. And we'll be able to serve lots more people. Uh, Unilever can help us do that. And you know, it might appear controversial because obviously they've got a, a broad range of brands and products, which probably many of us to lead a more, if you call it a conscious life, potentially wouldn't use. Mm. But the, the the change that they're making internally regarding how their brands serve purpose and their commitment to halving carbon emissions, to empowering women, to setting up sustainable uh, sourcing are quite frankly inspirational. And whilst it, you know, there is some, yeah, there's a way to go. They're doing some incredible things, and I think they're leading from the front to create a world that is positive in its contribution. And so that's why we've joined with them, really, to to engage in that dialogue and to shine a light back into them so that they can make some of the 
changes that are needed that we all need to make more mm. quickly. And something we have discussions about regularly in the low-tox community is when the big guys decide it's we really need to make some big changes here, the the impact when a multinational says, I'm going to halve our carbon emissions, is epic. I mean, it is just, it's bigger than we can imagine. So it's important that we congratulate them for moves such as the ones they've made with you as consumers so they can kind of like a good dog start to do more good things and 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 be rewarded for that it's, a, it's like a scoring system isn't it really do we just take marks off because our children don't do well mm. or do we give positive marks because people do positive things and i i suppose i'd i'd rather see life from the positive approach and that I would mark upwards in a way and i, I should support positive change and empower people to to make that change. Basically. Yeah, and I, I think there's an yeah there's an there's an exciting deepening of the debate going on. I think in the in the world, Alex, isn't there about you know how do we get to a place where sustainable health is supported and where yeah guilt in a way and judgment are removed a bit from some of our our perceptions of the world. Hundred percent agree. 100%. And I'm curious to know, in terms of um, joining forces with Unilever, as you put it, like in terms of just how sustainable you are, just how um, much of a commitment you make, the 1% to the planet and all those things, they're going to remain? Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know, if we're obsessed about it. Yeah. Uh, that is our life and our purpose at Pucker. But we've got you know, contractual obligations yeah. from them regarding our commitment to being 100% organic and uh, keeping our fair for life uh, commitments and uh, our ambitions with contributing to 1% for the planet. So we've got contractual obligations. We've got moral obligations because that's mm. what Pucker stands for. That's what all of our staff and team here support. And and it's what they support uh, at Unilever. You know, Paul Polman, their CEO, has, uh, you know, made that commitment as as has their team they're they're human people like all of us and they want to see business change and a new economic model to arise and you know parker stands for quality that's all you know tim and i and our team here everyone's dedicated you know this portion of their lives to helping create a sustainable business model you know a regenerative business model where business actually contributes benefit to the world in everything we do mm. so that's going to carry on Alex, Yay. You know, that. and I, like I, thank you so much for sharing it Sebastian because I think a lot of people get scared when they see oh another one of the big guys buy it the little guys and I just think it's so wonderful that we can actually hear it straight from the horse's mouth that this is an opportunity for bigger change than any of us could have imagined when it comes to the organic farming the fair trade and all of the other projects that um, you guys are involved in. So I, I'm, I'm very excited to hear that. Um, I think we should talk more about herbs though now, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. So you mentioned that you have that wonderful fair trade agreement and, and partner farms, uh, I'd imagine, would be all over the world right now um, these days because of the incredible blends that you produce. Um, can you share some of the raw material farm sources that you've visited over the years um, that have ended up going into Pakati's, probably because you're being inspired by being there and meeting the people, I'd imagine. But I'd love to hear a couple of farm stories. 
yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, it's been one of the serious blessings in my life. I've visited hundreds of herb farms over the last, you know, 20 years. And they are inspiring places to be. Uh, you know, we've heard some about 80 different countries, depending on which plants grow well in some places. So we buy, you know, licorice in Kazakhstan and Georgia and Spain. You know, we buy chamomile from Egypt and Hungary and Croatia. So depending on the, the country where the plants do well. And of course, we buy a lot of herbs in India as well. And it's, yeah, it's been empowering over the years to, to see some of the farms that we started working with probably about 18 years or so now, before we actually launched Parker, to help guide them with organic principles and uh, you know, how we fertilize the soil, how we harvest the herbs. So, you know, something like ginger, for example, is a, a wonderful plant to watch grow, but it's a hungry plant. And it really, you know, it, it's got a, a sort of nine-month growing cycle. And, you know, it needs to, to grow from that little root that is planted in, when is it planted? In June or so, until it's harvested later on in February. And it's, uh, it, it needs great power in the soil to grow, um, which is why a lot of ginger that's grown is fed with synthetic nitrogen and fertilizers. But... But we, we use a range of organic inputs and composting uh, principles to feed the soil. Basically, you know, all of our lives depend on the soil. Yeah, Every of single course. Thing that we experience is dependent on the soil and the incredible biodiversity and, and life that exists in there. And so we're obsessed with the soil and obsessed with compost, really, and, and how can we help build that biodiversity? You know, a bit like the microflora in our digestive system Alex mm. so so there is a microflora and a digestive system in the soil and that transforms these bound up nutrients to become bioavailable to the wonderful herbs of ginger or, or turmeric yeah I love what um, Joel Salatin says the regenerative farmer in the US and he talks about being a soil farmer and uh, not being an animal farmer at all. The animals get to do all that they do in their animalness and um, in rotating them through and bringing compost inputs in and all those good things, you end up with better soil than you started with and that's the goal of the regenerative farmer. Um, so it sounds like Absolutely. you're applying similar principles um, and and beliefs that it's your responsibility to leave the soil in better condition than when you found it and that's just awesome. Alex, I mean, the coolest thing about organic is that it creates life. So on an organic farm, you actually get 50% more biodiversity than on a conventional farm. So you get 50% more variety of plants and uh, insects and animals, and you get 30% more volume. So you get, you know, a huge increase in life. Organic creates life. And as the plants, in a way, are, are sort of struggling to survive in their natural natural environment you know they've evolved over millions of uh, years to to learn how to adapt to the challenges from invading microbes you know environmental uh, humidity and the plants develop these potent compounds to protect themselves in, from that tough environment mm. and because we've evolved next to plants we've evolved from plants you could say yeah uh, we we are able to metabolize uh, those compounds, those essential oils, those colorful pigments, those flavonoids, 
polyphenols, whatever they are, and they help to, to moderate and regulate our immunity, um, our nervous system, our digestion, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful the poetry really at how we are we are nature and how we're one with nature and, and as we celebrate diversity we we enhance our interdependence on nature and we enhance our life and we can we can live more as an expression of our full potential mm. i think that's that's beautiful and um what you've said there about the fact that we are interdependent with nature is for me one of the biggest light bulb moments that people have uh, on the journey to becoming conscious and aware of where their food's coming from. And, you know, I, I use the example of um, those nasty nonstick pans with the PFCs and PFOAs and PTFEs and all those horrible compounds that never break down and um, kill birds instantly if you're cooking on high heat on those things. And I say, okay, so where are birds from? They're from nature. Where are we from? We're from nature. Okay, so how can we expect that something that literally kills a bird instantly is not doing something to us on some level, um, you know, and to just kind of join those dots and realise that we are actually from nature so we need to start acting like it is, is a really powerful awakening for a lot of people who've, who've not been down the road of, of thinking um, and, and tracing yet. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the more we can feel our relationship, you know, as a sense of oneness with, with nature, with our fellow family and friends and community around us, then, then we realise that it's about, you know, what we do to each other, we do to ourselves. And and we can, we can engage a more healing, whole, sustainable life through respecting all of those differences and diversity and variations in the world. And, and I think it comes back to that example with regards to diversity in our diet, Alex. You know, we, we used to have a much broader diet, didn't we, of mm. eating a couple of hundred species over a year. And, and because we've largely dropped herbs from our diet, the diversity, you know, there are something like 20,000 species in the world that are used as medicinal plants. Because we largely drop those from our, from our health practices, we're not getting exposed to the, those, you know, micro doses of uh, these phytonutrient natural uh, compounds. And we're missing out, basically. You know, the, the benefits of polyphenols in uh, turmeric or in green tea, which I, you know, I know those are two... Uh, plants that are getting a good resurgence uh they, they add in a, a a potent benefit to your life so if you you know you probably want to make i think herbs should be about one percent of your daily diet mm. i love that, that and that, and if you think about what people generally tend to do with herbs is they buy the big fresh bunch thinking they've done the right thing often at the supermarket, often wrapped in plastic, but that's another story. And then three little leaves of parsley go on as a garnish on a huge plate of pasta or sauce or whatever the yeah. average meal is. And you think, no, just chop half of it and, and spread it all out abundantly. Yeah. And, you know, that's because it. that ends up just wilting in people's fridges and then they get to that moment where they're like, mm, I don't know if I should cook with that anymore. And then it gets tossed away and you're like, no, such powerful stuff. Yes, exactly. And, the, you know, it's just a simple way to add nature into your life 
is through either sprinkling on your food, um, whether it's oregano or basil or turmeric, you know, or including them as, as herbal teas. And it can be a delicious experience. Funny so, you should mention you know, tea. <laughs> I, I must drink, you know, I must drink at least, I'll probably drink at least 10 cups of pocket. But say it's five, you know, we normally have between about five and 10 herbs, different herbs in each of our blends. So if yeah. you're drinking five different cups of pocket, there you're getting between, you know, 25 and 50 different experiences from nature which are going into your body and helping communicate with your innate internal uh, natural world and you know we, we're used to you know human evolution is based on us being exposed to probably you know a few thousand natural uh, nutrients and and phytochemicals every day mm. so you know this idea of using a single drug a single molecule in a drug to treat a disease is a very new to nature concept. Mm. Whereas the history of human medicine is the history of all medicine, really. Yeah. And it's a wonderful thing that your your listeners can 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 just start to explore, and you know, particularly with young children, letting them uh, explore the different flavors of herbs and plants, and to, to become familiar with them again. Absolutely. My son's favourite has turned out to be your three fennel tea, for example. He just loves it. Everyone thinks he's crackers. But I love it too. I actually have a double tea bag. I'm a, I'm a little bit um, indulgent and I do three fennel with three tulsi. That's my favourite combination. Oh, um, very nice. Yeah, delicious. And um, and really anti-inflammatory. I just find Tulsi an incredibly powerful tea. Um, personally, I'm quite susceptible to histamine, and and I find if I've been exposed to them somehow, whether it's some nasty air freshener or something in a meal that was maybe leftovers a couple of days old or something like that, I'll have a, a double strength three Tulsi of one of yours, and it just makes my body go, it's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. And it really just has that effect on me. So thank you for creating that because that's probably my favourite medicinal blend that you guys do. And on the subject of blends, um, what leads you to create each of them? Because you've got a massive amount now. Um, what's what's your process? Yeah, it's really about how can we, you know, how do we serve the people that want to drink the tea? So I, I spend a lot of time thinking about the intention of the tea you know there's there's not any shortage of teas in the world so I'm, I'm not keen to just bring out more products because we don't need more consumption unnecessarily but there's lots of you know there's so many herbs that can be used mm. and for benefit that we want to offer that repertoire to people and so I'll I'll spend some some time walking or gardening or meditating on you know what is the intention of this tea and, and who are we going to serve and um, I'll think about the conservation aspects, about you know where will those plants come from, how can they contribute to diversity, and and I'll make a blend based on uh, the principles of you know an Ayurvedic principle as a way of making a formula um, around how you have sort of the heart of the blend. You know what are the key herbs that would be there, how you have the supporters uh, to the to the heart, if you like herbs mm. that can you know. One plus one equals three. Sometimes when you mix two together, you, you know, the the whole is greater than the than the sum of parts. Basically. Oh, I love so, that uh, saying. I I used to apply that. I have a hospitality background, 
and I was in hospitality, high-end hospitality for many years and we used to do a lot of matching, whether that was with spirits and or spirits and food or cocktails and food, wine yes. and food. Um, we would always try and find matches where one plus one equaled three and was worth more than the sum of the parts. Yeah. Um, so it's lovely to hear you say that. And that's the principle of herbalism, really. That's why we make blends. That's why you don't have... We don't just have a, a peppermint tea at Pucker. We have a three mint tea because mm. the, the three mints together create more potent digestive effect. So, you know, the principle in herbalism is that yeah, nature combines together to make a more powerful force. So the diversity together makes us stronger. Yeah. And yeah, so we choose the blends like that, really, regarding whether we want people to relax or hence our relaxed tea or revitalize, hence our revitalized tea. The wisdom of our ancestors has been passed down and I've been lucky enough to come across some great teachers and some some good guides to, to help pull them together. And that's that's how we that's how we create them really. So on the subject of three mint, can you talk us through the three different types and, and what each is responsible for and how they come together to be so powerful? Yeah, sure. You know, I suppose it, it sort of was born out of a negative in a way that lots of things, lots of the peppermint on the market is a, a pretty low grade. Mm. So the food grade standard for peppermint, it's a little bit geeky what I'm going to say, but you're supposed to... No, do it. We're a no, community full of nerds. No, you can you can let loose. <laughs> so the, the food grade percentage of essential oil in peppermint is 0.6%, whereas the, the medicinal grade is 1.2%. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, when it's a whole. And so, A, you know, a lot of good peppermint being used. And then, B, we wanted to combine uh, some mints together with a different flavor profile, uh, essential oil profile, and use a, a new type of mint which hasn't been used before uh, in, a, in a broad way called field mint. Mm. And a field mint is traditionally used for an essential oil when it's used in the menthol industry for whatever, flavoring mints or, or other things. And so we set up a project to grow the grow the field mint, and it's got a very high level of essential oil. It's got at least, basically, so it's got much more of the menthol compounds, and, and menthol's very good for, um, apart from feeling fresh on your breath, mouth, uh, it, it's very good at, helping to relax your digestive system and it, it's called a cognitive so it, it helps stop spasms in your digestive system so it releases tension and cramps potentially gas and helps you assimilate your food more more efficiently which is why a three minute after a meal helps your meal much more settled so basically and we also include can, yeah. I, can I just I've got to just share a thought I have sure. random tangent thoughts Sebastian um so basically that after-dinner mint that people have, you know, in the cheap, crappy chocolate sense at dinner parties in the 80s probably stemmed from some ancient, beautiful, uh, incredibly powerful wisdom that somehow got translated to a cheap, crappy compound chocolate with a little bit of white cream in the middle. <laughs> after-dinner mint. Yeah, isn't it funny? We'd have learned that over time. You know, you look back at some of the older herbals, like Culpepper's herbal, and there's all sorts of gems in there about how people would use plants to support their life and make it a little bit better. And sometimes it can just be about doing something that makes life 1% better, mm. uh, Alex. Mm. If you add 10 of those 
1% improvements into your life and your life becomes 10% better, then hey-ho, that mm. you're in charge of your life. You, you know, you're, you're, you're in the driving seat and you, and you can control things with, a, uh, you know, with some greater ease. So there's lots of wisdom there and sometimes it gets turned into chocolate mints and sometimes <laughs> it gets turned into three mint tea. I, I, I'm going to go with the three mint tea option. I think, I think we're on to a <laughs> winner there. <laughs> oh. I yeah. Um, now, something that a lot of people are concerned with uh, these days is our very high and very, uh, shall we say, regular exposure to toxins, uh, man-made toxins. So, you know, it could be chemicals in everything from our tap water to our shampoos to EMFs to VOCs from paint. Uh, the list goes on and on. And I'm curious to see from the point of view of yourself as a herbalist but also the range of teas that you create i know that you have a few there that could be really wonderful as daily support um for gentle detoxification assistance what what herbs are we looking for and what blends should we be heading towards yeah well it's an interesting question you know you know always need to sort of cleanse we need to clean the ground Mm. before we refertilize it you know, we need to make sure that the walls are clean before we put the primer on and then paint a beautiful color. So detoxing is an essential part of Ayurveda and daily life. Um, you know, we our, our main uh, detox and cleansing teas really is we've got a detox tea called Detox. It says on the front and it's, it's made as a blend of seeds that uh, like fennel and aniseed and coriander that are, are traditionally used to help support digestion and Digestion is often seen as the the root cause of toxicity, if you like, in the Ayurvedic sense that if you do not metabolize what you put into yourself, physically or emotionally, then it becomes a sort of stuck residue. And that stuck residue can build up and cause accumulations. And so the detox tea is made with seeds to, to help us metabolize, absorb our nutrients. And it's got a celery seed in there, which is very good for clearing uric acid and um helping to clear unnecessary deposits in a mm. gentle, delicate <laughs> way when we go for a pee. And then we've got cleanse, and our cleanse is, is more for the skin and the blood, and it's made with a beautiful wild-harvested nettles that we get, and it's also got a little bit of mint and fennel and aloe vera juice. We, we dry, we take 200 litres of aloe vera juice, and we, we dry it down to to one kilo and we use that concentrated aloe vera in the cleanse tea. I love that tea. It's so good. Again, another one that's great for the histamine people out there. Yes, exactly. You know, the nettle in there, very helpful for helping with that tendency to inflammation and allergy, basically. Mm. Um, so, you know, a, a lot of our teas in a way provide that multifunction where they're they're cleansing and, and nourishing at the same time because because plants essentially are supporting our body doing what it wants to do anyway. Yeah. You know, the, the plants are there to encourage it, feed our system. They're there to help us optimize our health. And, and that is what they do, basically. And so the, the you know, all, all of the herbs, we, we make sure they've got this pharmacopoeial grade where that standard is available. And, I mean, something else we do in a way, it's sort of indirect detox, is that our, you know, we're so obsessed, Alex, that even our spring is organic at Pucker. So we make, you know, cotton is one of the most heavily sprayed crops oh, in the world. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Major, major pesticide usage there. 
uh, involvement in GM. And so quite a few years ago, I spent a long time finding a source to get an organic string. And so we were the first company to have an organic string on our tea bag. We've had that for over a decade now. So, we, you know, our job is to serve our, our pucker fans, uh, our family. And so... And the planet. We, we, we try and go... And the planet, yeah, to try and go to the you know to the edges of the world, really, to to make sure we're, we're doing the best we can. I I agree. I'm so heartened by that. And it's someone was asking me why why did you make an organic shopping bag the other day? Did it have to be because it's so expensive? And I'm like, you know what? When you do the research on cotton and you do the research on GM and you do the research on how much water is used and how much pesticide is used especially in countries where it's being pushed to grow you know that's the thing with cotton there are climates like australia where we probably shouldn't be growing it at all and yet you know pig-headed uh white guys as we are try to just defy nature and push it anyway and we need a lot of synthetic help to do that and that's just such a shame whereas we could be working with nature to see well what's going to grow here beautifully and 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 work with that instead. And um, I guess the tangent is to bring us back to your choosing organic cotton is if you've set some values out, you can't really then create products that speak against those values in any part of that product. It, it just won't ever ring true. And, um, and yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, I get, we, I get it's, it. It's, nature. it's why we don't, it's why in our tea as well, which are, you know, our tea bags made from, uh, uh, type of the plant and it's why we don't have um you know it's not bleached with chlorine it's why we don't have staples in our tea bag it's it's why there's no plastic in our tea bag you know most of the square or, or round tea bags that are uh are pushed down they're heat sealed they've got plastic in so you know we're really driving where we can in our own way to create something that is um you know regenerative as i was saying before which is our, our best effort but to respect the tradition of herbalism, really. I love it. So good. Now, last question. I'm going to ask you one of those tacky desert island questions where if you could only <laughs> take two of your teas with you, ah! <laughs> <laughs> what would they be? <laughs> well, oh. you know, I don't mean to sound too emotional about it, but you know, they are very, very close to my heart. All of the creations. They're, they're all your uh, little you know. children. I get it. But you personally, no, you must have. Very well. But I, you know, I, 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 I'm very close. I mean, I'd have to take love with me because uh-huh. yeah. I, I drink every day. I love love because it's a combination of flowers that I, I feel very connected with the roses and the lavender and the chamomile in there and, and how it makes you feel. And that I feel to drink a cup of love, it makes me grounded and much more connected myself. I mean, you know, the desert island thing, you know, I do normally drink a three jitter every day. But if I'm on the desert island, I might not need that. It might be too hot for me. Yeah, three ginger is <laughs> uh, going to be too hot in the tropics. I Yes. So. All right. So <laughs> I'm going to take, I've got love, so I'm, I'm pretty safe on that front. I'd probably go for three Tulsi because I, you know, I, Yay! I'm, I'm going to be, <laughs> might feel a bit lonely. Tulsi is very good for uh, helping you feel uh, uplifted and present, and it's about cleansing your space. So I'll, um, I'll have a cup of love and three Tulsi should keep me well on that desert island. Nice. 
Nice. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, such a great chat. Um, thank you so much for sharing such a wonderful insight into the brand. I might even sneak one more question in here, which is to just ask, um, what's next? What's next for Pucker? What's next? Wonderful. Well, it's been a great, you know, it's been wonderful speaking, Alex. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Oh, next so is, welcome. you know, we're just going to carry on focusing and deepening our, our purpose. And, you know, we've got exciting new ideas with uh, some new formats for some of our teas we've got coming up. And of course, we've got a range of supplements and we have a, you know, which we, we have a, a special way of extracting the, the best contents out of her. And so we're doing a lot of work on that and doing some clinical research. So we've got, you know, a trial going on for bowel cancer with our holistic turmeric. We've, we've got trials for uh, immunity and upper respiratory tract infections, sort of taking on some of the, you know, what are the major challenges with health is antibiotics and mm. anti-inflammatory. So contribute a natural solution to people with those so lots of fun ahead very exciting we've got a lot of work to do to take part in deepening this conversation around how business can be a force for good and working positively together in the world to create the the, the peace and the health that we're all, all all searching for i love it thank you so much sebastian and good luck with all the work that you guys uh have in front of you uh, i love that you're involved in clinical trials as well i didn't know that so that's wonderful thank you for doing that work it's a pleasure and yeah you take care as well alex and uh yeah thank you to all your listeners yeah all the great work you're doing thank you bye-bye well that's another show done i hope you enjoyed today's show always so much inspiration from our beautiful guests and i just want to take a minute to say thank you uh, for taking the time to leave a review for our show because it helps us stay visible and helps other people who maybe haven't discovered it yet go, ooh, that looks like it might be worth a look. So if the show has provided value to you, there's nothing you can do to thank me more than to leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you, you access the show from. So what you do is you just search generally in the podcast app. Don't be in the list of shows because you won't be able to leave a review there. So once you've searched generally, you'll see the tile come up and you click on that tile and then a little set of tabs will come up and the middle one is called review. And from there, you can click it, star rate it and leave a review. And I appreciate that so much. Now, if you want to connect with the rest of the Lotox Life community, we're over on Instagram at Lotox Life or on the main website uh, where there are a whole bunch of recipes, some incredible e-learning opportunities depending on what your Lotox goals are. And that is www.lotoxlife.com. And of course, if you want to check out the podcast show notes, you just do forward slash podcast and everything's there. So I look forward to continuing our chats in between shows online in the community. (music) 